Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. Our panel is like Jennifer Epps Addison this week. Jennifer is off at a very important conference on the East Coast, and so we charge on without her. But we do have, via phone, Jorna Taylor. Jorna is a political consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna, how you doing? Well, it's just another really lame day here in Wisconsin. Okay, there you go, foreshadowing a, a topic later on in the podcast. Um, actually, Jordan, it's been it's a, another crazy busy week, and as usual, we have Robert Craig, Executive Director here at Citizen Action. Robert. Good morning, everyone. So, yeah, this should be a little bit more uh, moving into sleepy time, but uh, today as we record, we have a couple of big stories that we're going to talk about on the podcast. Uh, that includes, as of this morning, the state Supreme Court has uh, decided to not uh, take up looking at the campaign finance John Doe situation with uh, Scott Walker. We'll talk more about that right away. We also are going to talk about the arena deal that was passed the state Senate last night. Um, and we'll have uh, Senator Chris Larson join us to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and we'll talk a bit about some other issues, including the budget and Governor Walker's uh, launch of his presidential election. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about the breaking news this morning around the Supreme Court case. Um, Robert, I know this is um, something that you have. We've talked a lot about this on the podcast. You're very passionate about this. We have talked extensively about how complex campaign finance law is. And so this can be very difficult at times for the public to sort of sift through exactly what does this mean. But tell us, tell for the listeners essentially what the Supreme Court did today when they essentially said, we are not going to uh, take up this case or we're, we're not going to find any fault with uh, Governor Walker's campaign operations. Well, there's still a chance of an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, though we don't have tremendously higher regard for that body, but higher than the state Supreme Court. So, and by the way, I should say in this process, two of the state Supreme Court conservative justices were substantially supported by people involved in the John Doe investigation, organizations that w with dark money, and refused to recuse themselves even after the request of the lead prosecutor. And in this the is John Doe millions of dollars that yes. they had invested in their campaign. So the, if that isn't a conflict of interest, that's not legal bribery, we don't know what is. So this Supreme Court is tainted. That's the first thing here. The second is, is that I, this is not hyperbole. This is the death knell of the whole post-Watergate campaign finance system. Uh, the campaign finance system limited contributions. It made them transparent. Okay, It did some other things that fell to the wayside as far as like public funding for presidential elections, et cetera. And what this allows is, and this, this, I mean, coordination seems like this kind of complicated legal concept, but what it means literally is, is that Governor Walker, which the records seem to indicate, can direct unlimited secret contributions to be given to dark money groups like the Club for Growth, like Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce, like Americans for Prosperity, and they in return can do election spending on his behalf wherever he needs it. And so literally it means that we have de completely deregulated campaigns where there can be unlimited secret contributions dominating our elections, and there's no difference between what individual advocacy groups do and what campaigns do. So it's literally uh, worse than the Gilded Age because the Gilded Age was not as big money as this is right now. Uh, but it is a stunning reversal of any public right to know who has contributed campaigns, and, and it's a huge, huge invitation to corruption. If you can spend secretly 
$10 million, it could be any now out for a candidate, the idea that candidate won't be beholden to you and responsive to you when they're governor or senator or what have you uh, is impossible to believe. So it completely legalizes bribery, quite frankly. It's important to understand Wisconsin would be the only state, if this were to actually play out, that would allow this type of uh, coordination. So this would be a first of kind and it of requires ruling. requires a post hoc reinterpretation of the law. There is no doubt that at the time Walker did this, all of us who do this kind of work, Citizen Action does this kind of work, would have thought we were going to jail if we did anything like this. And so literally they've run this campaign. They have... Uh, called it a witch hunt. They've used the right-wing talk show outlets and gone after the prosecutors in every which way. Uh, when this was, when they were investigating what was very serious violations of our campaign finance laws, which any person on either side, reasonable person, would have thought completely illegal at the time they took place. It essentially it answers the question: How does Scott Walker win in a blue state? Right. Everybody's looking at this as a as a miracle. It's because he, he played by a different set of rules, which were, at the time, illegal. I'd have to say, Jorna, your voice got really, <laughs> really deep there. <laughs> so, so, you sound, I, I sound like Chris Larson. You sound a lot like Senator Larson. So you're not with your state senator <laughs> enough. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Senator Larson is going to join us. And in particular, we we asked the senator to join us to talk about the arena. And he has a Bucks hat on. Yeah, yes. So, and, and, and a Brewers. He's only missing his Badger uh, uh, Zubas. Can't see his socks. Can't tell you. Yeah. Of course, you can't see. So, so, so Jorna, obviously your thoughts on, on the breaking news today. Uh, so in my head, here's what immediately happened upon said breaking news. Scott Walker called up the Koch brothers and sang them the Free to Be You and Me song as he twirled around in the governor's mansion because, you know, all bets are off now and things can be directed however Scott Walker wants, as if that wasn't happening before. Let's be realistic. Uh, you know, this was the system that's been in place long, long before it became essentially legal uh, for Scott Walker to do so. You know, as Robert was talking about, it really just casts a pretty dark shadow on Wisconsin politics. And I would suggest that Wisconsin voters just sort of batten down the hatches for the next year and a half because the, um, you know, puppy-kicking and uh, crying baby ads are, are on their way in full effect, you know, coming straight to your doorstep starting probably tomorrow. So, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. It's so Teflon. Those are the issues people are concerned with. And this is less than the corruption issue, but it literally would allow a Governor Walker to dictate and work on what the content of the ads are so that he literally could then turn around and say, I didn't say that terrible thing about my opponent. Whereas if you have a coordination law, you can't do that. You can't simply outsource all of your negative attacks. It's, it's, to, be, to be clear, you said you said could, Robert. That implies that he hasn't right, been, been right, doing right. that. And, right, and like, if you look at how Governor Walker has risen, and I've said this to a lot of national reporters, is he? It's easy be, when you can always be positive when you can just call uh, talk radio um, to to come in and, and beat up your opponents for you, or in the case of a campaign, to be able to guide money over to the club for growth and have them spend money to to be able to do the hit. So then he can say, "Well, I I would never, I would never do that." So you say could? I'd I'd say he's probably been doing that already. Very very good point. Well, uh, maybe this law actually now leads to 
taking away that crutch that somehow they're not coordinating. I mean, he's pretty much openly said this is how we are operating. Um, Hopefully, at at least now they might be held accountable for what these ads are and can't run away from them. Uh, Not not likely, but nonetheless. It's all secret. (laughs) It's all. Who donated, who 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 said what to who. But that's the other big thing here, right, beyond just sort of the content and the coordination. It's, right, that that these are large amounts of money that are completely secretive, that you're unable to track them. Uh, so obviously this is a, a tectonic uh, change in the way elections are financed. I don't know, uh, Senator, a little more on your thoughts as someone who obviously operates in this environment, and we have very important elections coming up in 2016. Your thoughts on, you know, right away, immediate thoughts, this, this verdict came down about an hour ago. So, yeah, you know, how this, how this is going to play out and as it relates to the Democrats. I mean, we'll have to, the, I'm sure the party will be going over this with, uh, with lawyers to see what changes going forward. Um, but it is, I mean, it really, it changes, it, it changes the landscape for Wisconsin and how things have worked. And I mean, like, I, I can't stress enough, frankly, that look, this is, this is what they had been doing. This is what Republicans had been doing. And so Democrats were playing by the law. We're playing by the rules that were in place. And if you need any other example besides the, I mean, this is a pretty clear example that they weren't. Um, but if you need another one, you can look at how uh, the co-chairs of finance, two Republicans, are asking to change how the Government Accountability Board operates and uh, so that it's no longer autonomous, that it would end up being partisan to show like they are, they are not willing to let anything uh, to qu- leave anything to question, that they want to tilt as much of the table in their favor as they can. So if that goes through and with this, uh, 2016, it's the entire the entire deck is going to be completely stacked against Democrats um, in the state. So it's uh, it's going to be tough, um, but we're going to fight back. We're going to fight back every step of the way uh, as we have. I'm glad you made the connection there between um, this and some of the stuff we saw in the budget uh, related to open records. I mean, this is connected. WEDEC, right? We're talking about sort of a lawlessness and a lack of accountability and transparency and a just sort of a a sense that open government and really the tradition of, of Wisconsin, you know, we have this strong, strong tradition of openness and trans just right. gone, right. obliterated um, on, on all fronts. Right. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clear, it, 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 it makes you think a lot more about when they say um, government should operate more as a business of what that really means, right? It means somebody's profiting. It means somebody, it, you don't have to keep things open to the, to the public. And it means that the, they're only looking out for a few and not everybody. Um, so that's, I mean, they, they, were, they were telling us exactly what they were planning on doing. We didn't know they meant a corrupt business or a racketeering business. I mean, we can right. go further, maybe unfair to our friends in business to compare this to, uh, to legitimate business. Uh, now, a government accountability board doesn't matter as much if you don't have campaign finance laws that, they, that they've shredded, right? But if you want to see witch hunts, because they've right. over and over called this a witch hunt, let them take over Gab. Then Gab will only be investigating Democrats and will right. be enforcing these laws on Democrats and not on Republicans. Right. So we are going to switch topics here. Um, obviously, there'll be more information, as as uh, the senator said. Lawyers and others will get a deeper dive into this, and we'll be talking more about this as it relates to the 2016 elections. What does this mean for the landscape? And it impacts, obviously. Uh, 
our organizations and uh, political parties. So we'll be talking more about this in the future. But we uh, we want to talk about the uh, deal that was uh, hammered out yesterday in the state senate, and uh, this has been a, a around the arena in, in Milwaukee for the Bucks, but uh, obviously for other other entertainment too. Um, this has been an interesting ride. We've talked a bit about it, not in great de- detail here on the podcast. Um, and so we're really happy that Senator Larson could join us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened yesterday? And obviously, feel free to talk a little bit about some of the history, right, in terms of obviously yeah. three weeks ago this appeared like it might be dead because it was being completely handled by the Republicans, and you've yeah. really only been involved in this for three weeks. So uh, Less than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can tell less. you. Three, two the, days maybe, more it's, like. Yeah, we, we started the first negotiation on uh, Tuesday with the Republicans. Everything we did before that was kind of a meet and greet that was made clear at the beginning, clear at the end, and clear all throughout that it was not a negotiation, that it was just a discussion. And actually, Senator Fitzgerald made sure to, to make the point uh, that he wasn't asking for votes at that point. Um, and it was just kind of to, to see eyeball to eyeball and just kind of uh, talk. But anything that we asked in those meetings, we didn't get for weeks later. So it wasn't, it wasn't looking very good. Real quick, to, uh, is that normal? How often do these kind of meet and greets occur? <laughs> like, I mean, is that unusual to even engage yeah, in that? Yeah, that's... That- that's a very good point. Uh-huh. This is the first time the Democrats and Republicans. This is the first time since I've been there, you know, four and a half years, that we had that many Democrats and Republicans in a room <laughs> that amazing. wasn't a committee meeting and that wasn't the full Senate. Oh, I thought Fitz was texting you back and forth for <laughs> advice all the time. Right? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's a very weeded path between Republican and Democratic offices to try and find a a route to work together. So this is uh, this was it was it took a lot, lot to navigate between. Uh, between there. So I think a lot of this was in question from the beginning. I was, look, knowing the history, I was very skeptical. And I said, look, they may just be bringing Democrats in the room so that when this thing goes down in flames, they're not the only ones to blame. Uh, I believe we uh, had that quote on our Facebook page. So yes, no. And and so tell us what Two days ago, three days ago, right? You start in actual negotiations. So, I mean, I'll, to give credit all around, the Milwaukee Democratic um, Caucus Assembly and representatives were always interested in trying to keep the bucks here, right? And like, so, let's refresh our listeners who those are, who was involved in this. Uh, well, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of them. So, the biggest one is Evan Goyke, who's a state representative, um, and so he helped corral folks. Um, we had a meeting with the bucks. We had a meeting in Evan's living room at one point, uh, just to talk about this and talk about where we were. And to be clear, we, we weren't even on the bench at this point, right? To use the analogy, we were we were in the locker room, you know, trying to figure out what was going on outside. Unrestricted free agents. Right. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we were on, I mean, we were always on the team. We just weren't out, we just weren't being called out to get full information. But we were always trying to figure out what we could do to be helpful. And uh, Representative Goyke did a lot to that. Um, you know, last Friday, Representative Kessler and Representative Brostoff and Representative Bowen and myself got a chance to meet with the Bucks directly. And we've been some of the most skeptical. Um, but we said point blank, look, we, it's a trust issue, you know, with the, 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 the management there. They're new to our community, right? And so we were trying to figure out, okay, what's it, you know, what, what, what's, what are you going to do with us, right? What's going to happen in the city? Because they're talking about a lot of investment, um, and we wanted to see something more beyond that. And um, after that meeting, the, the, the wheels, I'm sure, were already in motion, but uh, they were able to work on the, um, uh, the contract for, uh, that was announced on Tuesday. 
um, that said that, look, there's going to be a lot of uh, labor jobs in the construction of this, which helped, you know, to say, look, the groups that we have relationships that are here long term, uh, that they're invested in this. So quickly outline for us what the key changes are that that are in the deal, right? That the that it allowed Senate Democrats to support this. Yeah. So um, when we finally got together with the Republicans on Tuesday, and this was the Senate Democrats, so it was um, uh, Senator Taylor and Senator uh, Harris Dodd uh, and myself, um, and then we also had Senator Schilling and Senator Erpenbach there, and then it was Senator Fitzgerald and Senator Darling on the Republican side. So if you're adding everything up, you've got five Democrats, two Republicans, and in an office. Um, and at that point, uh, we started to go over where the votes really were, which is something we asked for three weeks before. And they gave that to us, which, you know, was a good, tremendous act of faith to say, OK, here's where exactly where we are. Here's where we need to build. And um, we, we started to talk about what we were looking for in the deal. Um, for me, the one thing I really wanted pulled out was the way that the county collects its debt. Um, I've said publicly that I think it's heartless to try and build an arena off the backs of people who are struggling to pay taxes, to pay court fees, and to pay fines. And the way that uh, Chris Abley unilaterally um, put that in there and said, here's how we're going to pay the county's portion, is we're going to turn these debts over to the state. You guys chase them down, shake them down, uh, and then we're going to use the funds from that to pay off uh, the county's portion year after year. I thought it just looked horrible. And uh, I, my senator, my colleagues uh, on the Democratic side agreed. And I said, I want to see that out. Um, if I get nothing else, that's a big victory. So, so you know, so that's not happening. Um, and so it either was not going to work because it can be collected or it's going to be heartless if you can collect that, that ambulance fee from that senior citizen who couldn't pay for it. Right. right? You, and you, <laughs> that's the thing is you bring up a good point. We met with the comptroller, the, the county comptroller, the guy who runs the numbers, right? And to be clear, this is a comptroller now by state law who's independent, right? He is independently elected. So he's got, he's got nobody to answer for except for the electorate, right? And he went over the, 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 the numbers um, in a PowerPoint and he said this doesn't work. Even the way that he has it constructed, you'd have to achieve levels of collections that have never been achieved. And, you know, and you have to do that, by the way, 20 years in a row. And it was like, I, no, we're, we're, this is, on every level, this is a bad, bad portion of the deal. It was something that Chris Abley put in there by himself, and he made sure that the county board couldn't approve it. And the more we found out about it, the more we didn't like it. But here's the, Here's the craziest part about it. After we got it pulled out, Chris Abley got upset. Um, after the Republicans agreed to that, um, it's, I was happy, and that's why I kept saying Lots I was the easiest one. He was very upset in the Capitol on uh, Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, right. And so he, uh, you know, and I said, that's fine. He can be upset. Um, what we found out was that uh, we, we, he can actually do this on his own. He can actually get these debt collections turned over to the state. Um, he can do a bunch of them by himself as county executive without any authorization. And the other two are the collectors of the other two collectors of debt are the clerk of courts uh, of Milwaukee County. Do you guys know who that is? It was a trivia question. John Barrett. John Barrett, yes. Oh. Good job. Civics, hey, civic John, star. John, I voted for you, obviously. <laughs> I can recall your name. And the other and the other one is the county treasurer. <laughs> this is a tougher is one. Is that John LaFay? Dilber no. Dilberti. 
No. Oh, oh Diliberti was, yeah, you would have been right Diliberti. a year ago. Oh, I, uh, okay. I was right a year ago. See, Dan? Yeah, <laughs> so Dan's, that's it's right. All right. Uh, it's uh, David so Cullen. Good. David Cullen. Oh, yeah, yes, he just that's won. Right. That's there you right. go. And his son is now on the, on the uh, county board. There you go. Board, way, to, way to redeem. There we go. Way Coming back, making a comeback. Eddie <laughs> right. Cullen. That's right. So um, my office actually gave a call to both of those offices to find out, has Chris Abley actually contacted you? You could probably guess what the answer is. And literally, this did not have to come before the state legislature. But no, he, he not only didn't contact them, but uh, they've been trying to contact him, and he hasn't been calling them back, which is just stunning. Once we found that out, I said, you know what? You don't need to be at the Capitol. You can go back there and figure this out on your own. Don't bring the state into this. You can do it on your own. So that was the big piece. It causes heartburn for Chris Abley, but he's fine. He, he'll figure it out. So obviously... We have, I'm sure, a number of listeners who can't understand why why the state or why local government would be involved in building an arena, right? And there's been a lot of lot of discussion. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. We're we're very open to these kinds of investments, particularly when there's clear job standards, other things that we think are really important community benefits that will will be assured. And it and so, how about for yourself? Explain why. And, and it was not uh, all Democrats and all Republicans. This was bipartisan in terms of uh, yeah. folks who were for it and against it. Speak to the folks out there in our audience, progressives, right, who maybe don't understand yeah. why a Democrat would support this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, look, look, let's take a step back, right? Because I think it's, you know, especially given what we were talking about earlier in the conversation about how, how tough of a, a, a lot this is to deal with, right, and all that they're trying to do to our state, it's, it's easy to fall into the traps that they set for us of divide and conquer, right, which is that either you choose public schools or you choose voucher schools. You either choose, um, you know, to expand health care um, through the Affordable Care Act um, or you're standing independently against it, right? And so they really divide and say it's this or that, it's this or that, right? Dividing public employees versus private employees. Um, and then, of course, you know, the racial politics that they're always really good at. And um, it's, it's important not to fall into those traps, right? And so this is not a either or, it's, a, it's an and, right? And so it's about this is a chance where we have the chance to keep a major business in our state, and we've seen enough businesses leave already. We've seen enough jobs leave already. And we've seen wages shrink way too much, right? We're the fastest shrink. We have the fastest shrinking middle class in the entire country. I mean, let that settle in for a second. We have a chance to do something about all three of those. You know, pardon the pun, but that's a, I mean, that's a three-pointer right there. You got, we're going to keep a major business in our state. We are going to make sure that jobs are not leaving. And on top of that, we're going to make sure that those jobs uh, are good-paying jobs. And um, that's that was a big win for us. And I think as we talked about that, um, it became pretty clear. Look, we, when Republicans have been struggling trying to keep businesses in our state and they came to Democrats to see what we could do to help, um, we we're happy to jump at that. And I know not everyone's going to be thrilled because there's other issues we need to continue to fight for um, that were not part of this. They were brought up, but... Look, Republicans, they carry the majority of the votes. They still have a majority in the Senate. So to change that, we're going to have to change the majority. But for now, uh, we can move this forward. Hey, Jorna, questions for the senator? Well, uh, first, I would like to thank the senator. As my um, state senator, I appreciate his support and his vote for the arena deal because I'm really excited that the Bucks are going to stay. I think this is a really 
fabulous opportunity for Milwaukee that will be a shot in its arm of redevelopment and revitalization of downtown. You know, I love our city, and I think that this only helps to bring more people downtown to realize all that we have to offer, and they'll help contribute to what is a growing economy, frankly, to rebuild some of our neighborhoods in our downtown area. I also have to say that the um, debt collection deal was... (laughs) I am so glad you all got that removed from the deal. It really was going to be such a um, detrimental sort of punishment to folks that already are struggling, as you said, Senator. And so I am super relieved that that got pulled out of the deal. And I, I look forward to those same folks that are struggling to meet their bills and, you know, have these debt collections on them, uh, having some of these great union jobs that have been promised in the building of the new arena. Well, thank you, Jonah. You weren't, you're not alone. We, um, and I don't think I've said this anyplace else publicly, but we tallied up the support versus oppose phone calls. And those things matter, right? When, when, when uh, Matt and Robert and Citizen Action are telling you to make calls, like we look at that as legislators. The numbers in my office uh, were five to one in favor, five to one in favor. And we had a total um, uh, over of uh, 800 calls. Uh, over 800 calls. So it was it was pretty tremendous outpouring of support. So thank you, Jorna. Um, I see this as in a in a very pragmatic light. So I don't I don't want to add to the discourse like that you hear from some about this being some sort of economic development bonanza that is going to turn around the Milwaukee economy. Um, you mean like Alberta Darling suggesting that having the bucks would increase our exports to China? Things sorry. like that. Sorry, sorry, that was a so, little. She was a little out of control. That to do with there. players. We're, anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, we want imports was, from China. If they're, they're seven feet tall or higher, so so if we were in a perfect world, if we were in a philosophical world where we could decide what to do, uh, this probably wouldn't be the best use of four hundred million dollars to create the most opportunity in Wisconsin. But the fact is we have full conservative control and the, and the other things we could do with the money are not on the table. Mm-hmm. And so a sports team is something that can get a certain amount of bipartisan support. And there's a lot of business allies of the, of the uh, Walker administration that love their boxes and uh, are, we're, we're, for, we're you know, intramural sports stars in college, what have you, right? And so there's kind of more bipartisan push. So the question would be, since this is the only thing that could move, uh, is this a deal that would generally help Milwaukee and, and a- add more economic opportunity? And it's certainly going to at the front end because of the construction jobs are going to be are going to have good standards. We'd like to see even more standards, and we hope there will be. Uh, and so, but the key is is that we have because you know a lot of the jobs there claimed, say by the Milwaukee Metropolitan Association of Commerce, for example, are well. First of all, it's probably junk science. But even if you believe it's not totally junk science, about the 2,300 jobs, whatever they claim that, um, a lot of it's substitution. It's a waitress being at a restaurant in this new entertainment district rather than at another restaurant in Milwaukee, because you're not really increasing the amount of restaurant traffic overall. And so, you a key is to try to make these family supporting jobs because we have a situation in Wisconsin which may be unprecedented, whereas employment increases because of the general national economic picture, poverty is still increasing. So it's not just jobs, the quality of jobs. And so we think some good jobs are being created on this, especially in the construction end, and we're hopeful that more can be as well. 
So, but I don't want to overtout this and say somehow that if we were sitting together and deciding here's how to spend $400 million of public money, this would be the best way to spend it. But if it wasn't going to be spent on this, it was going to be probably spent on more tax breaks for the wealthy because that's the only thing or, or that, that's the only thing this administration and this legislature cares about. Right. So, Robert, you mentioned the construction jobs, and I, I want our listeners to understand one thing that makes this deal different than a lot of other deals. It's called the Park East Redevelopment Compact, and it was signed years ago in Milwaukee. And what it does, it says that land where the arena is being built, because there's public money going in, that those jobs have to be good jobs, prevailing wage, that they have to hire locally, There's and there's a commitment to hire local people to do that work. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also for, for minority contractors. These are all very important things that didn't exist before, and, and a lot of progressive forces, including this organization, worked very hard to get those passed in the aughts. And so it's important to understand that is something that this project is built on top of, that allows us to say we know these construction jobs are going to be good jobs. And and there's a lot of brothers and sisters in the trades who it's been a tough go the last decade. So those are that's an important as, uh, aspect to this deal that our listeners outstate may not be aware of. So there's been efforts. In fact, um, the local hire was struck down. That was one of the original things uh, Governor Walker did. But it's created a culture here and an understanding that that's the way we do business here, right? Good jobs are a part of development deals. And so um, we hope that that will continue. We think that there's the bucks have shown themselves, the new owners, to be open to discussion and negotiation and very open to the idea that this needs to improve the city. So we hope that they'll be very serious about looking at those end-use jobs and help make those a reality. So we'll continue to track that here on the podcast. But uh, we want to thank Senator Larson for coming by and talking more about this deal. But before you go, I don't know if there's anything else you want to let our listeners know about the project and sort of going forward. What's next? Right. I mean, the, it's not done yet, right? Obviously. So it's it's through the Senate, which was a big hurdle. And it, it came through with a resounding um, 21 to 10 vote. Um, there were two senators missing, but if you add that up, you actually have a supermajority that went that came in favor of it. Uh, and I think that sends a strong message over to the assembly where it goes next that it should pass um, with some ease, with again with bipartisan support, hopefully. And then from there, it goes on to the governor's office, um, and we can get the shovels in the ground and get this thing going. Um, I guess I'd say the last two things, right, that people should know about this is, is this this. Uh, the NBA, this wasn't the owners saying, we're going to leave. These are owners who are committed to our community, committed to the Bucks, and committed to uh, quality jobs in the area. And I think we'll see that over the coming years. It was the NBA. The NBA is the one that is saying, if you don't build a new arena, um, we're pulling the Bucks out and we're, we're going to purchase them back. And that was written into the deal. So NBA, from what we've seen, the, and the Bucks have been at the, the bottom end in terms of economic performance um, compared to other teams. So the NBA, it, it was an idle threat. They were looking to move the Bucks, right? That's shocking given the <laughs> high level of performance of the team over the last couple decades and a huge market. Nowhere to <laughs> Large, go but yes, up. Yes. Nowhere to go but up. But I think having that, having some, it's, it's like Mark Ananagio. Right. When you have a committed owner come in who says, you know, let's put the head on backwards. Let's rally. Let's go here. 
uh, that helps. And uh, we've we've seen that from these owners so far. One, one other thing that really juices this project, and we didn't talk about it, but it's, it is the success of the NBA and the fact that this new agreement, the, it, there's going to be so much more revenue that's going to be generated that allows the tax proceeds mm-hmm. of the players to jump right. in a way that normally wouldn't occur. So um, that is also helping make this project a little sweeter for, for us I to be able to get done. I should point out that, so, that further tax breaks for the wealthy from conservatives will cut down the amount we get from LeBron James and from Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry and others who are multi-millionaires will be coming through and paying taxes for a day in Wisconsin. (laughs) For another show. So with that, though, before you go, Senator, we do want to get your uh, weekend furlough since we know you're an active individual. You're probably participating in some Uber marathon, triathlon or something. I'm... (laughs) <laughs> That's a good guess. Um, With a kid on your back. See, see here they just say dirt bike races. For you, I just assume you're you're putting your body you through hell. You can probably ride all of us. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna head, we're heading up to Door County um, later today for a half Ironman. Yeah. So. <laughs> You all right, it. and easy. So it's nice. half. It's a nice. Half. Well, that's still good. Hey, <laughs> I think it's great. I I wish I was still running like I was in college. I am not, and my body shows the evidence. Uh, but thanks, thanks again for coming in. Yeah. So, uh, Robert, what are you doing this weekend? I know uh, uh, there's many more things we could talk about, but we're gonna wrap this podcast up in the name of brevity. What do you What are you doing this weekend, Robert? Matt, I just got back from vacation. So I know, I but so Robert's again. working. Okay, so we're gonna. I do need. <laughs> to let I him off the hook. To, I do need to practice for the West Twenty Four, yes. which is next weekend. So yes. I need to get some serious riding, and maybe I'll go to. Maybe I'll take my bike somewhere and take a longer ride. <laughs> Depending, I haven't checked the weather. To see how. See whether it's uh, what it's like this weekend. Jorna, what are you doing this weekend? So I'm super excited because I am headed up to Eau Claire for the inaugural Eau Claire, that's E-A-U-X, Claire's uh, Music Festival that's being curated by Justin Vernon from Bon Iver and Bryce Desner from my favorite band, The National. And it's going to be this awesome, interactive, um, cool music and film and, you know, hanging out with hipsters. And I also have brought my bike since I will be, people will be shocked to know, camping not that girl, not a camper, but I brought my bike so that I can also practice for the River West 24 so that I can do better than Team Big Labor on wheels. Oh, I got one other thing. All, all of us are going to be rewatching Walker's announcement speech, obviously, and especially his wise words on foreign policy, the Iran deal, oh. and how to handle uh, g- global terrorists. Frightening. <laughs> Very frightening. Hey, Jorna, I'm glad to hear the Nationals there, because if it was just uh, Bon Iver, I would be afraid you might fall asleep at the festival. Ouch! Ooh, Ooh. ow! We'll, we'll see if I stay that long. Yeah, yeah, so don't, you know, bring bring your no-dos. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this <Ouch>. weekend, <laughs> exactly, ouch! Um, let's, 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 I want to hear what Matt's... Uh, yeah, uh, my weekend's... Matt's is, so we can jump on his. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can jump all over all over this. Jorna, I'll be close to you. I'm going to be in Unity, Wisconsin on Saturday evening at Monster Hall for dirt track races. So we're, it's our first trip up to Wausau area this year. We'll be up there for a uh, series of races later this fall. But uh, looking forward to uh, taking the family up north. And uh, that is about it. 
And we missed some important topics this week. Of course, we'll talk about more about Governor Walker's presidential campaign and some of the amazingly bizarre things he has said already in the first week around minimum wage and assuming that uh, all gay people apparently are sexual predators. So uh, we'll, we'll jump on some of these topics next week, and I'm sure there'll be many more. But uh, we want to thank, again, Senator uh, Larson for joining us. And as always, uh, Brian Woolwich for making the podcast happen. And we will see everybody next week here at the Battleground, Wisconsin. Oh,